it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. So, welcome. Um, we gave you guys a heads up, gave you a chance to do your homework so you could be in on the conversation. Um, told you we were going to talk about the movie Till. Uh, so, obviously, this conversation is going to be based in race. Uh, but I, I said before we go dark, I wanted to kind of lighten the mood as best we could. So I told Andy there was two jokes I wanted to tell him. Uh, and these aren't, of course, my jokes. These are just regular street jokes. And I think I told him one of these jokes before. Andy, if, I, if, you, if this starts to sound familiar to you, tell me and I'll abandon it. Okay. And just tell the other joke that I know I, I didn't tell you. Um, okay. <clears throat> Here we go. A guy's walking, a hitchhiker is walking down the road. And a couple cars pass him by. None of them stop to pick him up. And after about three or four passing cars, uh, his pickup truck comes alongside of the guy and picks him up for the ride. And the guy is sitting in the pickup truck, and he notices that there's a monkey sitting on the dashboard. Did, you, did I tell you this? I don't think so. There's a monkey sitting on the dashboard. And the hitchhiker asks the driver, yo, what's with the monkey? So the driver says, watch this. So he slaps the monkey, slaps the shit out of the monkey. And the monkey flings from the left side of the dashboard to the right side of the dashboard, jumps off the dashboard into the driver's lap, whips out his dick and sucks his dick about six or seven licks. Then the monkey jumps back onto the dashboard on the driver's side. So then the driver slaps the shit out of the monkey again. The monkey does the exact same thing, left to right, jumps off the dashboard, into the driver's lap, whips out his dick, sucks the driver's dick for about six, seven licks, and then jumps right back on the dashboard left side. So the driver says to the hitchhiker, pretty cool, right? The, the hitchhiker says, yeah. And then he says, uh, you want to give it a try? And the hitchhiker says, yeah, just don't hit me as hard as you hit the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a street joke, yeah. and I probably should have heard it before, but right. I like it when I don't see it. You know, I, right. I, and I was you didn't doing see some, it coming? I, I was doing some other stuff, so I wasn't really paying attention. I was paying right. attention, but I right. wasn't like detailing it. Right. And yeah, that one, that one got me good. All right. So we're good, though, with that, right? Yeah. All right. Here's the second joke. Um <clears throat> So there are four um, roosters uh, sitting on the top of a, a white picket fence, right? Side by side by side by side. How many beaks do they have? Four roosters mm -hmm. sit, sit on a, pick up, uh, a white picket, picket fence. How many beaks? Yeah. Four. Four. How many wings do they have? Uh, eight. Right. How many feet do they have? Eight. All right. Now there's a white cat at the bottom of the picket fence looking up at the roosters. How many teeth does the cat have? 
I don't know. Well, apparently you know more about black cock than you do white pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So now let's get dark. Um, so Annie and I saw Till yesterday, um, Saturday. Um, and by the way, we, we made it a double feature. First, we saw Black Adam, and then we saw Till. We wish we had seen it the other way around. Uh, and I know there'll be some people that'll probably want us to discuss Black Adam. I didn't have a lot of notes for Black Adam, so maybe we'll throw that in there somewhere. Uh, not, I don't know, here, but... Eventually. Eventually. Um, you know, uh, what's funny is the, the, the manager from the improv, uh, Krista, one of the sweetest human beings alive. And when I all, and I've always said, I could name on one hand, all the managers throughout my 30 years of doing standup, or not 30 years, well, 30 years of doing standup, of all the clubs I've been to, there's only five or six who you go fucking awesome. They get it. They care. They're genuinely good human beings. Uh, just off the top of my head, Casey, my boy Casey, I, who used to be out of Phoenix, who's down in San Diego. With his own club. Yeah, man. like I said, uh, the, 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 the Mazzelli brothers out of Gotham. And Krista falls in that, in that group. Um, and she said, was it a good movie? And I thought to myself, how do you answer that question? Like when somebody asks you, was Till a good movie, given the subject matter of an actual event, tra tragic, traumatic, horrific event, how do you just, when they say, is it a good movie? You go, no, but it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also have to understand who Chris is. I don't think she's capable of saying, like someone could say to you, right. you saw Till? Right. Was it good? That, that, that's acceptable. Was it good? Like you would, you would go, oh, he means, was it done well? Did it come across okay. well? You could, you could say, if someone with that voice, that tone go, was it good? Was it good? Right. Like, like legitimately, was it good? Was it a good movie? Right. Yeah. You, you, you could get that from the tonality. Right. But Krista doesn't have that kind of tone in her. Was it good? She doesn't have, she doesn't have, oh my God, that, that sounds, that sounds deep. I'm going to be was honest with you though. I don't even think she knows that story. She might not. Right. But for someone who may, if I say to you, yo, you saw Till. Yo, was it good? Do you say yes? I, I, well, if they're asking me and it's someone. Right. It, if it's not her, because I, I, I think I'd probably agree with you that she doesn't know the story. Right. I would say, you know, uh, it was a different take is what I would say. I would probably say, yeah, you know, it was a different take. I saw the director. I saw what the director did with what they were doing in this movie. Uh, you know, obviously I would probably throw in some kind of corny joke that, you know, the subject matter makes it a little rough, but the movie itself was right. good. You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think that's a complex answer because yeah. I don't I don't feel like the right move is to go. Yeah, it was good, but no, it wasn't. I mean, it was good artistically. And like you said, acting, lighting, making you feel the drama, the the performances. But no, it's not a good movie. But I don't think that anybody who would know the story is asking you. About? Know, you know, was it good? They were asking you, was it good? Like, was it, did you, did you feel like it made the connection that you needed a movie like right. that to make? Is right. what I think they would be asking. Right. But, you know, that, but like the way she said it, and she probably doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, man. I would love to know how many white people do know that story. And I was just going to say that, but I didn't want to generalize like most, like 
I don't know what the percentage is. I think more now because, and this is why it's important to have inclusion uh, and a Hollywood movie like this. Um, am I am I glad it got made? Yes. Uh, have there been many documentaries and movies about it where you could have got all this information before? Yes. Did it need to get made? I think it needed to get made. God, I hate what I'm about to say. Say it. I think it got made for white people because I think in a Hollywood movie, I think it got made for black people. I do a Hollywood movie production, uh, black director, black act. You know, obviously, I, I think it got made for that reason. But I think from an American, I don't know, you know what? I'm going to rephrase that. Not white. American story. Something that America, American history it needed to be told to a broader audience, not just a documentary driven audience or people who want knowledge audience or black movie. I think it needed, it was an American story that went out to America and hopefully more people will know the story because as you just said, was it a good movie? Might not be the appropriate tone and what it is for that movie because not enough people know. So maybe that is the purpose this, this movie will also serve. You know, when I posted the post, uh, yesterday when I left the theater, a couple people said something interesting. And I've heard black people say this before. They said two things. One, uh, this should be required viewing in school. Like, you know, you, you again, every black history month, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther in, in terms of teaching other stories, this should be required viewing in high school. And I couldn't agree more. Um, but more importantly, there were black people who were going, dude, we're tired of Hollywood making movies about our pain, making financial gain off our trauma. There's so many other stories historically about our people, about being kings and queens and successful stories and inventors and entrepreneurs. Why not tell those stories? Why it's always got to be slave shit or trauma or civil rights or anything when it, we're getting fucked up? Um, and listen, I can't disagree with that. It'd be great to tell those other stories, uh, about how some of the richest people in the world were Africans, Kings, Queens. Um, so I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, and I guess maybe is there some sort of Hollywood agenda why they're more inclined to stay away from those stories? I, I don't know. That's a, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, I think those stories are are there to be delivered, but who would you want to deliver those stories? Us. Right. And I think- with, You mean tell them. Yeah. Right. And I think with production and with the way Hollywood works and what's important about, what's important about the story about Till too and, and his mom, and that's why this story is a little bit different. Uh, why this, is, I think, is so important is because now you have- a black writers, black directors and making movies. So as these other movies that you're talking about coming, the people that need to be there to make those movies will be available. Do you want Steven Spielberg making that movie about uh, Kings and Queens in Africa? Or do you want. The politically correct answer is to say it shouldn't matter who tells the stories as long as they're told brilliantly and accurately. I, I would but, agree that. Okay. But, but I'm going to, I'm going to go. But the huge. All right. Cause I'm going to go with what Denzel said. When he did the interview, uh, when they were interviewing the cast of Fences, and, and they said, <clears throat> uh, why should a black director direct certain stories versus a white director? And, he, and Denzel used the example of, you know, that hot comb. 
You know, when 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 that black daughter or that black female is sitting there with her mother and that puts that hot comb through her 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 hair, we all know that sound. That we all know that smell. It's cultural. It's the reason why Scorsese is best to direct mob movies. That's Italian culture. He's an Italian director. He knows the culture. So when it comes to certain black stories, you know, yeah, could a Scorsese or Spielberg tell it? Technically, yeah, but you feel like it's not as genuine if they're not the culture. Well, you know, take away genuine from the, from the word for a second, though, because what, what's an actor's job is to interpret the person because they're not the person. Right. They have to get into that person's, get into their skin. They got to wear them. Right. It's hard. And then the director gives the direction to the actor on what they're doing and how they're perceiving that character. So it's there's a combination of the director and the actor making that character come to life. If those two don't have what you just said, the knowledge, the culture, the background, can they bring that to life in an authentic way? You know, that that's a huge but too. That, because listen, again, if you're a bad motherfucker when it comes to directing, you're a bad motherfucker. And a bad part of the criteria of being a bad motherfucker is that you have the ability to go in different areas. You had to miss the details, though, man. The, See, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm it's saying it's little, a bug. It's a little details. Right. It's the little right. details. Right. It's not the big picture. Yes. If you're a great director, big picture, you could put something on the screen. It's the, it's the little details. And that details. matters. It matters. And it also matters when you said that's Italian culture. It's part of Italian culture. I, right, it, right, yeah, right, right, right. All I, Italians yeah. ain't mobsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you need the details. And I think that's something that this was, uh, there, there's a, I have a different take on this and what this is, you know, and, and it is what it's about. And uh, so we'll get into it. Well, you said something interesting um, when we left the theater. Uh, I, when me and Andy walked into the theater, we were literally the, oh, and when I say literally, I mean the only ones, just me and him, two seats and the rest were empty. And as we're walking to our seat, I go, Andy, I bet you a quarter. Not a single white person shows up. And he goes, bet. Let's just so let's just say I owe Andy 50 cents. Uh, two white people showed up, a couple, a man and a woman. So it was the man and the woman and me and Andy. Really, I'm the only black guy in there of the four of us. Um, and at the end of the movie, I'm sitting there about to do my post, and then the white couple walks out. And I said to Andy, Yo, what do you think they're thinking right now? What do you think they're thinking and feeling? And uh, do you remember what you told me? I said, I think they're thinking the same thing you're thinking, but just with more guilt. And right. Uh, because I was like thinking what I'm thinking. I ain't got no guilt or shame. But then you said guilt. Because I'm thinking anger, sadness. And I'm sure they felt as human beings to see that sadness, maybe even anger, too. No, I, I guarantee you, if, if you paid it, if you paying attention, it's, you know, it's a little different. God, I don't, I think it's a little different for us because we know, I'm not saying that I don't know those people, so I can't really speak for them. What I can say is we've done enough. We've talked about this before. We talked about the documentary. We've talked, we've seen the, we've seen it. We've read about mm -hmm. it. We know it. So we kind of know it. So I don't know them. So we come from a little bit more, uh, we know what the story is about. But if someone sees this, and they understand the, the anger comes. And the reason this got as much, the reason it was able to be picked up at that particular time is because it was about a 14-year-old kid. 
And that's where I think the anger is allowed. I, I think even when you talk, especially at that time when segregation was more, racism was, uh, I'm not even going to say more. I'm not even going to use the word more, but rampant. It was more upfront. It was especially in the yeah, South. In the open, yeah. In the open. Um, but when it came to a kid, there was a different level when it came to the, the kid, because that's what you see in the papers, a kid. And they're writing it up as a kid. When the Chicago picked it up, when the Chicago newspapers picked it up, they're picking it up because it's a kid. You know, it, they, 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 they know lynchings are going on. Right. But it was a kid. So that's where I think you can, you can grasp the more the, the anger and understanding of what, what that really was. It, was. it was a child. And I don't even want to use the word kid. It was a child. Let's use that word. Because right. that that's the, what stirs up that. Right. That anger. Yeah, it's it was a child. So there, I, I think no matter who you are, and, and, and to different levels, but yeah, I think we all had anger when it's a child. It's, you you just said something that made me think of a, something that wasn't in my notes. So I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. When you said, you know, for that time and the the racism being rampant and there was a behavior, you know, besides the obvious, which is when you see his mutilated body and you see her reaction to it. Something that really pissed me off in, in the movie is when his mother, Maymay Till, takes the stand and she's explaining to the lawyer, uh, the prosecutor, uh, the defense. I don't want to fuck up the lawyers. The, the, the one that's on the side of the guys that killed her son. That's the prosecutor, the defense. The defense. The defense. She says to the defense lawyer, you know, I told Emmett how to behave. I told him to say, no, ma'am. And yes, sir. And if a white man gets mad at you, even if it means you have to drop to your knees and, you know, beg and cry for your life. And that, I just went, Jesus fucking Christ. I, it's a, That's between that moment and when the two white guys came to get him out of the house and the, 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 the boys, uh, Emmett's, uh, was that his grandfather? I think I think it was a uh, was a grandfather or an uncle. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, uncle. I think it's the uncle, the uncle and his aunt, uh, the uncle's wife, and she tried to jump in front and stop. It was reminiscent of like, dude, slavery is over at that time, but that's so slave like to beg this white man, please don't take this child, please don't hurt this child, and then you know they take me. Hit me. I'll whoop him. Whoop me. Slavery's been over. But that is so slavish. Because slavery ends doesn't mean the culture changes. I know, but damn. You got the same, you got this, you got the the same police department. You got the same sheriffs. You got the same uh, Congress. You got the same, everything. It changed. The law changed. It doesn't change the culture. Like when his mother goes, yeah, if you have to get on your knees, who the fuck are you? Okay. Now, and this is me saying it in the year of 2023. Or are we 22? We're almost 23. Uh, 2022. So to your point, I can't, it's hard for me to see it like that because that was the culture. That was the mindset. That was the tactic to survive. And the, it's it's so, and, and an insane thought to think in 2022, that you got to drop to your knees to beg for mercy at the hands of somebody who is no better than you? I, I just, 
That's preposterous. It reminds me of when Eddie Murphy did his joke when he goes, uh, modern day brothers act like they couldn't have been slaves. Like, you know, I'm sure the first motherfucker that, uh, when the master said bail that, hey, I'm sure there was a nigga back then that said, suck my dick. Then a hundred niggas with whips went, and the rest of the slaves like, we'll bail the shit. Just keep the fuck back with them whips. So I'm, I'm just, that's so hard for me to fathom, man. You know, because because as a, as a, as a, as a black man in 2022, if a white dude even yell at you with a certain tone, you can choke his ass out and there's no repercussions as long as you, the police don't get you. Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, that's your that's coming from your perspective, obviously, as a black man and, and, and watching that movie and that, you know what? I, I saw a couple different things in there that really one that heated me up about the prosecutor saying that because the prosecutor quotes what he believes that she said. So he, he, he said, you said this to Emmett before he left. Right. The reason he's saying that, and this is what is where I got really mad when I when I heard it, I didn't really hear it until this time. Um, he's saying that it doesn't make a difference what these guys did to Emmett. You told him not to be any other way but this way. And as soon as he stepped over that line, it's his fault. That's what he was saying. Basically, that's what he's trying to get across. Because if if his mom told him this, and she knows how this is, and she lives in Chicago, and he came down here, he knew better. So everything that happened after he knew better is his fault. And, and I want to be honest. I'm gonna. I, 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 you're going to tell me if this is a white thing, or or uh, if I'm racist. But I'm going to tell you my honest thought when it's a white thing and you're racist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am in no way blaming Emmett Till for anything that happened, but I was mad at Emmett when I, I, I know where you're going because I know I'm what a you parent. Mean. Right, right. I'm right, a parent. Right. And when I saw that and my love for my children, and that's what I love about this movie, the love that she has for him comes through. And so, you know, she's basically the whole time he's gone. She's in, she's in a panic mode the whole right. time. Bubble guts. So, Listen, not his fault at all. Not trying to project any fault onto him. But I was mad at him because as a parent, I'm like, your job is to get back home. Just do what you need. I've already explained to you. I'm going out of my way to do. When I found out my kid smoked pot, this is kind of how I felt. I, I told him, I said, I said, I don't care if you, if, I, I know your friends are going to do it. Everybody's going to, I have some rules. Drinking, I don't care. how. If you get drunk, if you go out and you fuck, get fucked up. Call me. I'm going to come get you because you need to get back home. I don't want you to go to jail. I don't want you to get in an accident. I don't want you to hurt anybody else. Call me. If you're smoking weed, I stay at those people's house. Call me and let me know what's happened. I don't want you driving. I don't want... Those were, those were some stupid rules that I that I tried to give my son. Right. Then I found out he was smoking pot and he he was still doing shit. I was, I was kind of pissed at him. Uh, I just want my son to get home. And that's... I, I, I bonded with her in that moment. And that's what I was mad at. 
So you can take that for whatever you want. I'm going to double down on what you said. And it's, it's part, here's my statement and my question. Again, like you said, I'm going to preface it with, it ain't his fault. It ain't her fault. But I'm mad at the mother. For the- Why did you let him go? If you know, if you have to tell your son, yo, this is how you need to act when you're down there. You're putting the responsibility on a child to listen and remember. On a child. And the one thing children don't do is listen and remember. And above all else, we're talking about the South. We're talking about Mississippi. We're talking about 1955, where they hang niggas. Why would you send your child alone? And Why? Stay your motherfucking ass in Chicago, nigga. Because the, the grandmother wanted him to go. It's get your family. Be be part of, <sighs> be part of who you are. Know who you are. Know where you came from. I get why. I but I agree with you at the same time. But you're we're agreeing on something that's hindsight. You know, if you knew, obviously you're not going to let him down. Go down there. But you also know that he could have gone down there, met his family, saw where he came from, understood it, and came Man, back home. And that's the that. way it should have been, though. That's the way it should have been. Should have been, been in that time does not apply. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm not going to dis- I can't. It's disagree. never applied. I'm not, not going to disagree we've been, with you. We've been should have been since that, since we've been brought here in chains. We've been should have been. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's what you say to me all the time. Man. Should have been. been. You want to pick, you want to know what it's like to pick cotton, nigga? I will go to the drugstore, buy a bag of cotton balls, sprinkle them on the floor, pick them up. Uh, you, you don't need to go to Mississippi, put nigga. Put some glass or some thorns in there, too, so that okay. you want to know what all it right. is. Okay. Um... You know, I, I, I asked you, and, and I'm and, and I asked you this, and you said something that I, I absolutely felt. Uh you said that, because I said, what'd you think? Did it move you? And you said it moved you, but not like the Hulu the version. version. And I agree because, but my part of part of why I'm saying that is because the element of surprise was gone. I, the Hulu version, it felt like we saw the same thing in this, slightly different little different things, but we know what the story is. We know what the pain is. We know the, the trauma. So because I had seen that, the impact on this wasn't as strong as I thought it was going to be. I thought because this was a major film and they're giving it to you all at once in two hours versus television, which won't be as risque and it's spread out. I thought this was going to be like a meteor that ended the dinosaurs. And it didn't feel like that. Uh, this is a different story, though. And that's what... It, it's a beautiful story. I don't think it's... Uh, I don't... I don't want to use the word powerful. Uh, I don't think that to someone who doesn't know the story, that it hits you, even though, like you said, you had already seen that. If you don't, if you haven't, if you don't know the story, I don't think this will is going to hit you as hard as the, the other ones. Or if you just get your own information. Only because this was a story more about a, a, a bond between a mother and her son. She loved him. This is, a, this is I don't want to say a love story because it's they, they would be just fucking ridiculous to call this a love no, story. No, could. But, it, but could. it is a story that the underpinning of this story is the love that she has for her son. Right. And his her love for him is what ignites, what it will become the civil rights movement. Right. And, uh, but she loved and her passion for her son and how she felt about his son, uh, no matter what, um, and, and there's there's this moment, you know, fuck, man, this is this is the hardest uh, as a parent. Um, 
Now, I only speak about this as a parent because if you want, if you're a person out there uh, and you have no connection to this story, if you're a white person, you have no connection to this story that you not, and but you have kids, man. Just think about your kid trying to get home, dude. Okay, go okay. Ahead. But here's the thing: her love for him. When she looks at him, and she's <gasps> right. You know, some people would have. You know, everybody wanted to cover him up because of how bad it was. She just saw her son. I mean, she saw the beating and the. Right. But that was the love of her son. That you know, not only uh, is that still my boy. I'm going to make sure everybody knows what they did to my boy because I love this kid and you removed this beautiful individual from me. And I had a hard time at the beginning of this film because it is beautifully shot. And that's one of the knocks that I have on movies like this sometimes when they're not, they're made pretty. And I didn't want this to be pretty, but the the, the colors tone down a little bit as we get into Mm -hmm. the movie, but it stays beautiful because, and, and the movies film beautifully. Because it is about her love for her son, and that's that's what I took away from this. That's why it didn't hit. It didn't hit me in 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 the in in the uh, in the racial component is hard because I took away the love for the son part of this plot of the storyline of this movie. That's why right. it hit me different. Right. <clears throat> um. Uh. Hold on, I'm just looking for something. Anyway. You know, something that I thought about and, you know, if you guys, when you write in, if you write in about this, just if you can remember, just tell me if I was overthinking or if I made the right decision. But something that I thought would have been really funny visually for the podcast, of course, for the audio portion, you wouldn't know. But visually for YouTube, I I thought to myself, what if I could have my award winning makeup artist from Mad TV have Andy prosthetically made up to look like Martin did in the Martin famous Martin episode when he fought Thomas Hearns and his shit was all lumped up and swollen, meaning we saw this movie and I beat the shit out of Andy. And we don't ever address it. We just see Andy looking to form, talking about the podcast all fucked up and jacked up. And I thought that would be hilarious. But then I took a beat and went, people might interpret that wrong. Yeah, And if they see that, they're going to go, is he doing that to try to be Emmett and to see a white guy mocking Emmett. So I went, that's one of those good idea, bad ideas. Because again, if, if to assume that the audience and I say people are idiots to assume, why would we do that? Why would I, there would, there would be no way I would mock something like that. The whole point of my joke would have been as a black man, I saw this, I was so angry. I beat the shit out of my co-host and friend, but I'm going, you're assuming people will understand that that's what the joke is, but they may go, y'all saw Till and now you got this nigga looking fucked up like that. So I was like, mm, yeah. We could have addressed it at the beginning, but still people who tuned in and didn't hear the beginning would have thought, yeah. It, it, and I'm sure there's some who probably still would have thought it was in poor taste. Yeah. So, uh, but I got to say this, man. And I know I'd be joking and I, and I give the South shit and, 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 you know, Listen, again, let me say, I got love for the South, man. I respect y'all. But when Emmett gets out the car uh, and you hear the dude when they get to the store, the Brian Gross store, you hear a nigga in the background yell, who that is right there? <laughs> who that is right there? <laughs> and this is where I go to my, how much that CD was? What he is? And, you know, listen, man, let me say, and I'm, this is very important, I know that there are smart people in the South. 
I know there are. Just like I know there's some ignorant ass niggas up north. Uh, ignorance and brilliance comes from all regions and all directions. But the stereotype has always been Southerners are slow. They're not as mentally quick. Even in that famous video I told y'all that I love that I said to go see by my man, uh, the, the dude who did the lean on me, um, Memphis version, uh, T-Money. He says in one of the lines as uh, 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 Morgan Freeman, people down here think we slow. So it's not something I'm making up. That's the stereotype. But uh, my bigger point is, it feels like when slavery was over, it didn't really leave the South. Because let's be honest, the education system is not as strong, I think, in the South as it is up North. Otherwise, how could you know that that's grammatically wrong? How could you not know that that sounds ridiculous? Who that is right there? Who that is? That, 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 come on, man. Yeah, but to, to what you just said, okay, so slavery ends. Uh, and then gets quickly replaced by a Jim Crow. And so now there's seg segregation. Now you have black and white schools. So now the people who control the money are white. Where's the money going to go? The black schools are getting nothing. Uh, of course, the education system at that time was going to breed more people that weren't educated, not more educated people, because they weren't getting resources. They weren't getting what they needed at that time. Of course, just because a law is in place, unless there's teeth in the law where they're mandatory, they have to have uh, funding and make make actual change. There was nothing like that then. There were, you know, white white uh, Southerners were, were were angry. The North felt. I don't want to get into this, get making this, but the North felt like, well, they're they're not slaves anymore. They got their freedom, so we did our job. Right. So of course that it's going to happen this way, and then there's and and now you're talking about the largest population of black people are in the South. So the and, and they're not getting uh, educated. They're not getting the uh, money and, and and the goods to become better educated people. So very few people are going to make it through and become educated. So yes, you do see some of that residual in the South. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Um, and I and I and I got a feeling you will say that. Well, obviously, part of it is poverty, uh, and they, they can't afford to. But I would think, like, I'm, I'm sitting and watching this, and it's like, okay, so the uncle, they know how it is in the South. And, and again, th there's always been this myth that Northern racism uh, didn't exist, or, or it wasn't as strong as Southern racism. It was pretty bad up North, too. You know, but when you went to metropolitan cities like Chicago and New York, it, it, it was racism light if it were a soda, but it was, but it did exist. But given the potency of racism down South, as, as Dave said in the South, it's mwah, stewed to a perfection. I'm going, how the fuck is it? That, I guess when you're born and raised your whole life somewhere, no matter how bad it is or gets, you are just that comfortable that you have no desire to leave. You, 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 you go, I was born and raised here. And I've even heard motherfuckers go, I was born and raised here. I'm going to die here. If you know it's that bad, how the fuck are you not trying to get the fuck up out of there? But you just said, if you know it's that bad. 
was it better than it was a few years before? Before that, a few years before, you might have been in chains. So was it better? Yeah. So you have improvement. What is your oh, goal? God. What I'm I'm being you're looking at it from look you're looking at it from uh, a step back in history. Look at it for the moment. It's better. It's better than it was. Now you're looking at uh, the the uh, what, what do we determine? Is the uncle right? The uncle. Yes. Yeah. He's he's sharecropping. He's on someone else's cr- sharecropping. You yeah. said sharecropping. <laughs> I, was, I was I was I meant to say it was supposed to be cropping, but I don't know what came out of my mouth. So, uh, he he's making his own money, but you know it's very it's a very small amount of money. But it was his own money. He wasn't making money before. He could have a chance, an opportunity for his children. They have a house, and then possibly move someone to a college to somewhere oh. else. But it was better than it was. That's all anybody wants is life to be better than it was. And it was oh, better than it was. That's crazy. You know, I, I, have a, I have a conversation with someone else that said one of the worst things that happened is that a lot of black people did try to leave. And they broke up that the mass that they had could have made change if they would have organized together and organized there instead of spreading out and then going somewhere else. Because the, the the truth about racism in the, in the North that you say, yeah, everybody was for, not everybody. A lot of people were for, uh, were against slavery, but they just, that didn't mean they wanted black neighbors. So when you moved into that area, that wasn't, uh, it wasn't a welcome committee. It was like, well, thank God you're finally out of there. It was like, well, how long are you going to be here? Where else do you have to go? Right. So, I mean, at least there you're in your culture, you're with people you know, and today is better than it was yesterday. Yeah. I, you know, I, you it, have to get in the mindset, man. You know, when I lived in, in, when we lived in New York, me and my sister, my mother, and we shared a studio apartment, not even a fucking bedroom, a studio. And my sister and I had bunk beds, and my mother slept on a pullout couch. And we had mice and roaches. My mother was determined to get us out of that. And thus, we moved to Jersey, where we finally had our own place. Not a house, but, you know, uh, apartment. Not, only, not even an apartment, but I, not a house. Whatever it was. Uh, but we had our own rooms. No more mice. No more roaches. And, you know, I guess it does boil down to a mindset. Because, like you said, if your mindset is just, hey... A week ago, we wasn't eating shit. Now we're at least eating bread slices. If that to you is better and that's enough, okay. But I, my mentality is, this is horrible. We got to do something to get out of this. And just taking one step forward, if that's enough to you for you to be, that's better and that's enough, I don't know. I, to me, it, it, it speaks to... a and I don't mean to be disrespectful, a weak mentality. We do it every day. You do it. We all do it. We get up in the morning. Is today better than yesterday? Yes. We'll look out tomorrow. Hope it's even better. We're doing it right now in our lives. There's people, people go to, people, the, the, the idea of a job is 40 hours a week and people go to 40 hours a week and they're saving their little bit of money and then they get a little medical bill and something happens, that money goes away. They're hoping for a better day the next day. Every we we're still doing that's still the structure and, and, right and, now. And, and the rich call that a rat race. And that's being stuck in a mindset, mindset and a rat race to where you just live, wake up, go to work, pay your bills, eat, sleep, repeat, and eventually die. 
But the eventually die is going to happen on any of those schedules. Okay, but then do it in a goddamn mansion. But I, we talked about this the other week. That's why I said I envy people that have that job. Like I, I said, and I said construction worker completely, and I do because I remember those guys having a good life, making X amount of dollars, having some hobbies, having a boat, going out, being with their kids every week. And yeah, they do the whole thing, but they enjoyed their life. I think when you try to get... It's that next rung where you're trying to make more money and you're working more hours and you're not enjoying your life, but you got a little bit more money, you got a little bit more stuff. So you get a five, you get a five day a, a week vacation. So who gives a fuck about a week vacation? If you're living a good life that you're enjoying, you don't need the what do you need five days off from? So yeah, our mindset is still in that though. All of our not not all of ours, but I mean a majority of this whole world is still set up that way. Yeah, I, I I can't judge from my little time in Europe, but what I do understand about the year, a lot of the European ideas and a lot of European cultures, this is your this is what you do, this is your job, this is how you work, and it's how you enjoy your life around that. But your work isn't your life. A lot of times here, our work becomes our life, and they 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 enjoy their life. Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Um, going back to when you said as a parent, when you have kids, how it affects you. You know, I remember when my mother and father used to give me whoopings. Dude, I, I was terrified. But I always knew, I knew at the end of the day, no matter how much my mother may have threatened, she was going to kill me. I knew she wasn't going to kill me. But nonetheless, the idea of wait till your father get home, that that feeling yeah. in your gut. Yeah. You, and you, there would be times when I would fuck up. And like, let's say my mother took me from school the entire drive from school to the house might not have been 15 minutes, but I was hoping we got into a car accident. I was hoping <laughs> something happened to derail this ass whooping that's fitting to come. Can you imagine? And I just thought to myself, and that th these are my parents who I know. And, and then you have in your mind, they feed me, they clothe me, they hug me, they tell me they love me. We have fun. So there's a balance in my head of, yeah, I'm about to get my ass whooped. Yeah, I'm my stomach's in knots. Yeah, I'm scared. There's a couple times my mother would whoop my ass. I'd piss myself. But again, I know that's moms. I'm going the terror when they showed when they you heard it him in the barn getting beat and tortured, yeah. and you heard the screams, and I'm just going again. The, I would imagine as an adult if you were facing a situation where you're going, holy shit, I think I'm about to die. There's going to be terror. But to a child, man, that's why, again, when we did the, the, the pastor, the amen episode, that's why I got emotional yeah. and teared up with the pastor. Because I'm just going, the fucking sheer horror that boy must have felt when he couldn't piece together, am I going to get out of this alive? And as the pain got excruciating, I, I just, you know, Jesus, man. And, I, and it made me think in terms of, that moment in the movie, and I remember in the Hulu version, like we we all knew they was gonna show him disfigured. That famous photo where he's bloated. Yeah. We all knew that was coming in Hulu and this movie. There's no way they're not gonna show that. But in the Hulu version, they cut to a little bit of violence in the barn. Here they didn't. My question is: Do you need to see a little bit of that to really get the potency of it, or with the fact that you just heard him screaming? And I don't, want to, I don't know if suggestive is the right word because it ain't suggestive. We know what happened. But is, is, is it to see it or, or not to see it and hear it? You think it should have been shown a little bit? 
I honestly think if you showed a little bit, I, I think by not showing it, you gave those guys a little bit of a break. Because when you just hear it, you hear his pain. You don't see the joy that these guys are getting out of it. Right. I mean, I'm being, that's, that's, th- this is such a horrific uh, story. Uh, and I wish I, when I say story, it doesn't sound right because it's, it's, uh, it's a, a, a truthful story. It's just such a horrific, truthful story. Right. And we weren't there. We don't know how it all went down, but we do know that he got, he was beaten to death and then, um, shot. Right. We, we know that, uh, but, and then everything else you have to surmise. So yes, you can, uh, put it together in your mind, the beating, mm-hmm. but you can't, I felt like that's another thing about the, the Hulu version. They conveyed the joy that these other people were getting out of it to teach him this lesson, this, this, I almost use the word right now because I was trying to put it in lesson. The, no, uh, the N word, because I was trying to put it in. <laughs> no, because I was trying to put it into context. the context right. of what these guys were like, right. what they were, who they are and what they were. This <laughs> Dude, when they came to get him from the uncle, they said, where the nigga boy? I just went, God damn. Like there's no, when you hear that, where's the nigga boy? And he's 14 and you refer to this 14-year-old child as nigga boy. You go, there's just no happy ending here. It I, can't be. I, you know, you know the Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, about going to Texas, coming out with his leather. Yeah. Go, you know, and, you know, yeah, black man can't have bags. Can't have a suitcase. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was in Texas in 75, I think. 75, 76. Right. This summer. Dude, that's how they spoke, man. That's how they spoke on the street. Dude, I told you when I was in Beaumont and I performed and the bartender at the fucking comedy club said to me, man, you one of the funnest niggas I've ever seen. He's working there and he's telling the headliner, you're one of the funniest niggas. Because there's no... And there's no repercussions. Not only is there no repercussions, but there is no acknowledgement that there's something wrong with that. That is culturally the way that it was there. I'm I'm talking about it getting, dude. I, I I'm going to use the word because I can't say this any other way than to to Uh-oh. say this. Drum roll. So here you guys go for all the people who are wondering. But this is not for me. This is just the way that it was, man. I was introduced to people in Texas. And they would come over and they were with their black friend, white dudes with their black friend, and would walk up to me, put their arm around their black friend, hug him in and goes, Andy, this is so-and-so. Uh, but he said, this, this is my nigga so-and-so. Right. Just like that. And with the ER. Yeah. <laughs> just Not that the A makes it any no, different. Just like that. And I'm telling you, I wasn't raised that way. My mom. That's crazy. My my grandmother was, and I'll never forget, we had a drive from Texas back to, uh, no, to Louisiana is where we we're going to go. And my grandmother laid into my uncle because my uh, I'm gonna, my uncle would say it. That's how he would introduce right. his black friends. Right. And my grandmother tore into him and said the things you, because he's, he, he was, um, there was a church. He was part of a church and it was, it was black and it was black and white people at the church, but that's how they all talked. Mm-hmm. And my grandma, my, my grandma looked at my uncle and just goes, I don't care about your Jesus thing, your 
religions thing, your how you what 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 this is that you're doing, but what you're doing here is wrong. The way you speak, the way you talk about other other people, the way you talk about my my grandmother lit into him, and I'll never forget that drive. And I was like, God thank, bless that thank woman. God, like I was sitting there, I was more I, like I didn't know how to handle this because you know I'm, t- I'm I'm younger than Emmett, and I'm watching this. I told you I was hired to rake the leaves of the and I said this on the podcast. I was hired to rake the leaves of white owners, big like their 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 big whatever uh, plantation looking homes. Right. I would rake the front. The black kids would rake the sides and the back. Wait, wait, wait. They was that on purpose? Yeah. It looked better to have a white kid rake in the front. God, that's crazy. Segregation even for leaves. Because it was to have some white kid in your front yard doing the lawn look nice. They didn't want a black kid on the front property. And I didn't know, I didn't know that. I I came, my uncle drove me back through. I was trying to get money for a fishing pole. We're driving back through, and I said, Oh, did I not do a good job? And he said, No, you did a fine job. That's why you got this other job. You got this other job. He goes, why didn't I get to do the whole yard? He goes, oh, they just use you for the front yard. It was a little town. It was called Tatum, Texas. Right. Um, I apologize for everybody saying it. I have no other way to get that across without saying what was happening. Um, Here was my two big, uh, most emotional moments. Uh, One, When they show the find the moment, the moment uh, when she sees the body, and let me say uh, again, preface it first. I don't want to generalize because you know I love white people. I do, but I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, at that moment, at that moment, and the way, and a big shout out to Daniel, um, uh, uh, fuck Wilder. Deadwilder. Her name is Daniel Deadwilder, the, the lady that plays Mammy Till. From the tears, Mammy Till. Is it Mammy? Mammy Till. From the tears to the snot coming out of her nose to the yell she does. Uh, at that moment in my mind and in my heart and my soul, I just went, white people are some evil motherfuckers. You guys are evil and at that moment i couldn't i hated i hated white people i just you guys are so fucking evil that you could do that to a child and have a mother make that reaction now again once i'm out the theater i take a breath i regather myself saw love but i'm just telling you at that moment i just went what an evil race of people. Well, the moment has to last longer than that. And the reason I say that is we can say that uh, those guys that uh, killed Emmett, they're white guys. Uh, they were, uh, they want to stick to a, a, a system. Uh, of, of nothing but racism and, and power and empower people. And you would be wrong to be mad at white people for that, for, for, for them doing and torturing and shooting and dumping Emmett 
into the, into the water. You'd be wrong to be mad at white people for that. But when it goes to court, it's not a few guys who were mad and embarrassed and horrible and mean and disgusting and crude and racist and just un- not human. That was a town. That was 12 men on the jury. You watched them walk in. That was one of the best parts of that movie where you walk for as a white, speaking as a white person, when you see those white guys walk in to take their seats, you know that's on you. As a white person, you know there's 12 of them. You know that's on you. What do you mean when you say on you? As a white person, that's on you. It wasn't these two guys. You could put it on these two guys. But you're saying it was the 12, all of them. It was the 12. It was the sheriff. It was was everybody. It was the, so why wouldn't you be mad at white people? Because it wasn't those two that did it. The town, the white jury, the judge, they let that, they let him go. They let him kill Emmett. They let the murderers go. So yeah, that's on white people. You got to take that hit. That was your representative. There was 12 people. Right. Now, they live now, and, and let's, 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 but let's take this one more step. They live in that community. So they have to live with whatever decision they make, whether they think he did, they did it or not, whether they like those guys or not, but they live in that community. And you could say, well, that's wrong for not standing up for him. Now, let's go back to the uncle. He had the shotgun. <clears throat> she says, you had the gun there? God, that's one of my notes. You didn't, you didn't stand up for him? You didn't try to stop him? We are. Okay. So he made the decision because of him where he lived that he let that go, let that happen as well. So the community... But this, contextually, you have to layer it the way he said it because it was important. Yeah, yeah, it is. Go, yeah, go he, ahead. Because he, he was like, if if I had if I hadn't made the decision to let them take Emmett, my whole family would have been killed. We live in this place. There's clan here. There's the sheriff. I killed two white men. A thousand niggas die. So it was almost as he was saying, Emmett had to be the sacrifice to keep the rest of us alive. Now, I know to a parent, that don't mean shit. Right. So my question, and and again, to the people listening to this, I'd love for you to comment. If that were you, and you were the uncle, and you had a gun, and and again, I I, I already know there are going to be black people that go, man, fuck that. Like Eddie said, modern day soul brothers act like they couldn't have been slaves. So in 2023, your attitude is going to be, man, fuck that shit. But that's because you're in 2023. Would you have still kept that same energy in 1955? Would you have picked that shotgun up and said, no, you're not taking my nephew. We all got to die. Or you going to die. Or I'm going to kill you and we're going to drive the fuck up out of here and get out of Mississippi tonight. What decision would you have made? Okay. Now, taking what you just said and what I said, and I already put it on those 12 jurors and I already said white people, we have to take responsibility. Those are, those are ours. Those, the, those 12 were ours. Right. But contextually... They're in the same situation. They could have been uh, wanting to stand up, but they still have to deal with the clan. Just let's make sure we make this clear because this is 1955. The clan, white clan, was it, it? It didn't make a difference if you were white. If you went against the clan and you stood up for a black person, 
you they they looked at you the same way. They were going to do what they needed to do to you as well. So are they making that decision based on the fact that they live there? They built up this life. This is what they have. They have their kids at home, their wife, their family. This is where they live. Do you let it go? I'm holding them responsible. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying when we look at these things, how can you not? You got to take in consideration how much there is in here. Now, they had the opportunity. If you're white, maybe you don't need to be living there when they see this happen. Maybe you need to make a stand and say, no, nah, I'm not going with this. I'm going to have a mistrial. He's going to be, I'm, I, I think he's guilty. And then you have to move. Now you have to pick up your wife, your kids, your life, if you want to stand on a moral ground. But how many people in 1955 were willing to do that for a black dude, that they, for a black child that they don't know? I'm not. I'm not frozen with fear. I, and I'm not. I'm not condoning anything. I'm asking you, as listeners, when you take these things apart and you break them apart, man, you have to put everybody's everybody's thoughts into your head. I, I'm. I would like to say that I would do better. I don't know. I'm not there, and I did right, not deal right, with that. Right. I would like to say I would do better, but would I? Right. I, I don't, I mean, I want to say I do better. This is why I say people give Hitler too much credit. People, they're always like, well, Hitler, and Hitler's an easy one because they always, they put the mustache on and you did the famous joke about Patrice. Patrice. Yeah, yeah. Nah, man, he didn't do it. Hitler wasn't out there with the gun just going, I don't like this too. I don't like this too. I don't right, like, right. he was telling people what to do and they did it because this, will, uh, this is it, man. I don't know what makes people do what they do. I would like to say I would do better. I'd like to say that I knew the difference, but I'd have to put myself as a family guy. I have a few kids. I have my house. Everything's tied up into where I live. And now I'm going to go against the clan. I don't know, man. Speaking, speaking of Patrice, his famous quote, one day I was listening to Opie and Anthony and they were, of course, in one of their heated race debates. And in terms of when, when the mother sees the body and I go, white people, some evil motherfuckers. When Patrice said to Anthony, as they were going back and forth, he said, listen, man, black people should be flying airplanes into white people like 9-11 every other day. Based on the shit y'all have done. But we're not that race. But what a, to me, I just thought, wow, what a powerful way to put that. We should be flying planes into y'all every day. Because here's my, and let, let me spread my emotion now, as I said, because at that moment, that's what I felt. I'm going to spread it to black people now. When she gets the call uh, that the white men took Emmett and they cut to Maymay and Whoopi Goldberg, who plays her mother, the grandmother, and a couple of other family members, and they're all sitting around the table holding hands, praying. And when I go, white people, some evil motherfuckers, because again, I'm in that moment. I was in another moment with that scene and that moment. But unlike the white people are some evil motherfuckers, I don't, like I said, separate me from that moment. I don't believe all white people are evil. However, I, you've heard, you guys have heard my stance on God and religion. So I'm a little bit more stuck to that than I am all white people are evil motherfuckers. But I just looked at that moment. And immediately in my head, I went, black people are some stupid motherfuckers. You get the call. Some white men grabbed Emmett, 1955, deep south. And y'all are praying. And what's the fucking outcome? 
What are you praying for? What was the outcome? The most heinous fucking outcome. Flash forward to the end of the movie and they put up the, the quotes and the sayings and the facts. It said 67 years after Emmett's death, the lynching act was put into effect. Black people, God, he may not come when you call, but he's always on time. It took 67 years after that boy was heinously murdered. That's on time, niggas. Black people, that's on time. Make that make sense. That's why I'm going again. We have been trained so viciously about God and religion that we refuse to break that. When I'm just going, that just don't make sense. That's y'all's quote. That's our quote. God may not come when you call, but he's always on time. 67 years later. Slavery, 400 years later. Make that shit make sense. Praying, God, please, the white men took Emmett. Please, God, through your power and your mercifulness, let him be okay. Cut to his bloated dead body. Okay. Okay. And then the other things they put up on the screen. The two dudes that killed Emmett later admitted in a magazine interview that they killed him. They were paid $4,000 where for 1955, that's heavy money. Carolyn Bryant, to this day, is breathing. Where's the justice? Not only is she breathing, but she admitted to lying in court. Okay, that too. Where's the justice? Now, I know it may be wrong for me to say this, but like with the Dahmer series, the way Dahmer was taken out, Again, whether I don't know if you believe in karma or not, but that felt like, okay, if there's a case to believe in karma based on the most horrific, heinous, horrible things that Dama did, yeah, nigga, you have to answer for that. And he answered for it. The two dudes that killed Emmett never answered for it. They died natural causes. Carolyn Bryan has never answered for it. Where's that nigga that... Kill Dharma. Where he at? For Carolyn Bryant. That's what I'm saying, man. To me, I go, life is random, man. This shit is a dice game. For some, 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 some people, it works a certain way. And if it works and fits your narrative, you go, oh, that's God. But for certain other people, it ain't going to work their way. So where's God then? Where's that same energy? I don't know. You know, listen, I, will you get into the God debate and then... And I'm not trying to turn this into a God debate. I know, I know. Because this is about Emmett. But I'm watching that scene going, <sighs> these niggas praying. And, and it'd be one thing if you sat... And, and again, that, that saying, the power of prayer. That's a saying. The power of prayer. Black people always go, man, pray about it. If something wrong, pray about it. Leave it in God's hands. They sat around that table holding hands praying about it where was the power of it okay but let me give you the other side of it um, because our, our preacher didn't give you this side so i'll give you this side who who are you to judge god's work wait 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 who's emmett till <sighs> who is he yeah who is he 
a 14-year-old boy, black boy yeah. that set into the, the chain of events, the civil rights movement. Was that the bigger per- I don't know. but okay. you, That's what black people say. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I, who are you to judge? I mean, so God used Emmett to fuel a movement for the greater good of all of us. Right? That's what you're getting at. I'm saying that that would be the the answer to your question. That's crazy. And it's isn't it crazy that we, black people, are always the people that God worked through heinously for betterment? For the betterment of, 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 of our own culture, I, I, of our own people? We always got to be the fucking guinea pigs? From here, but there's other cultures that use God and God, <sighs> it's the same thing. I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just saying that's the, you know, uh, for the people that have been through this podcast, I really do. And if you're not paying attention to it now, I really do try to see it from everybody's point of view. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help my head. It doesn't explain everything to me. It doesn't make me feel better when I go to sleep at night. It's just the only way I can try to get through this world is to try to figure out why. And that's the only way I know how to do it. So... I don't have any fucking answers. All I have is questions, and I question it all. Uh, I think uh, that is. Go uh, see this. It's a beautifully. Well, let me ask movie. you this real quick. Uh, the 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 uncle's wife, she felt so guilty uh, that one, she said she was moving out of Mississippi because of the incident. Yeah, but well, they knew they couldn't stay there either. Right, and but uh, that scene where she's at the church. At the funeral in the church, and she's apologizing to Emmett's mother about uh, what had happened. And she goes, I can't look. She didn't want to look at Emmett's body. And Maymay goes, You have to. And the way she screamed and cried, I'm like, Damn, dog, who gave the most, who gave the better cry? The mother or the aunt? Well, for emotional reasons, the, the aunt did, but the, the mother. Her job, her thing, like I was saying, the bond, her boy, she just saw a broken child. She just saw her broken child. She didn't see mm. the, obviously she saw the torturous right. things that happened to her child, but her child was dead. It didn't make a difference if he was beaten, broken. How it happened was to show the world, but that was still her kid no matter what. Right. And that's what she, she, she was horrified, but she was just as horrified that he was gone. The, the aunt's scream also comes from, she feels like she let that happen to him. Right. That right. You know, because that that's that's her taking her responsibility. That scream is her responsibility in in, in being one of the last people to see Emmett alive. Yeah, y'all. Uh, and I and, and again, I to all the black people that went. You know, I don't want to see this because Hollywood. You know, our pain and uh, you know, I don't want to see another victim story. Uh, don't look at it like that. Uh, because uh, one, you are supporting. Uh, the black actors and actresses who are in this. Um, and then two, it, 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 I agree. We we should be telling other stories that glorify us and that put us in the, the true beautiful. Besides sports. Right. right. The, the true beautiful <laughs> light that we know we exist in. But at the same time, uh, the, these, these stories, th- this is important. Uh, it just is. Uh, so as tough as a watch as it is, go see it. And, you know, Go see it with a white friend, because uh, when it's over, <laughs> they're gonna offer you to buy you dinner or pay for some shit. Um, yeah, and and to the white people who 
big shout out to those two white people that were in the theater because I always applaud. Like I said, when me and Andy went to uh, Memphis and we went to the, was it the Civil Rights? Yeah, the Civil Rights Museum. Museum. And seeing those white women in there and white people in there and those, you know, the exchange I had with the white woman where we hugged and just to know that you give a shit. And I always say that, to know that you give a shit and you're interested, that it, it's great. It's a great thing, man. Uh, we did watch this in Florida. Right. And those two white people were older and I did want to walk up and go, whose side were you on? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they looked like they, they felt something emotionally when they left that theater. They, yeah, they, and, and that's, why it's, that's why it drives me nuts. And that's why I'm, I'm really dedicated to stop getting into racial arguments with people on Instagram because the people that argue with me, you can tell they don't see these movies. They don't see the documentaries, PBS, Still I Rise, MLK. Uh, I mean, Eyes on the Prize and MLK, Still I Rise and James Baldwin's I'm Not Your Negro. They don't, they don't, they don't, they, they, and this is what, 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 why I get angry because they're arguing race with me from a place of arrogance and a place of naivete and a place of you, 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 you don't do your homework. You just think you know what you know and you want to use phrases like, oh man, you're trying to be uh, divisive and, and blah, blah, blah. And you don't care. Because if you watch these things, we wouldn't be having an argument because you would know where I'm coming from. You would know where our people are coming from. But white, there are white people who don't take the time, don't give a shit, and then want to argue with niggas about race. But you haven't done any homework. So to the white people that do the homework, love y'all, man. Um, uh, is there dates? Oh, we, yeah, dates. Yeah, we about to. I was about to. I, I'm, I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a different place right now. Uh, guys, 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 you're listening to this, and we are, uh, we're off this weekend. We're not anywhere. Uh, yeah, and then, and then after that, Memphis. The uh, who did you right there? The tenth through the thirteenth, we're going to be at Chuckles in Memphis. We're also going to get some. Uh, we're also going to educate ourselves on some Stax records, what's happened in history at Stax, not just Sun Records. Uh, nigga, hold up real quick. I'm, I'm going through my email to pick out uh, the music, uh-huh. and I see I got an email from the doctor. <laughs> so that's what kills me. Like, this nigga want to talk shit, but you still are eating in the restaurant. That's what I'm saying, nigga. You come to Sal's Pesadilla, no fucking music, turn your box down, and Italian-Americans only. I'm going to talk shit still coming to the establishment. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, then the 18th to the 20th of November, we're going to be at the Tampa Improv. Uh, then uh, Aries will be at Helium, Indianapolis, the weekend of Thanksgiving, the 25th to the 27th. I will be at Tempe Improv with Adam Ferreira. You might know him from, uh, I always forget the name of it. What's, what's that car show that he did? Ooh. Adam Ferreira, that car show that he oh, did. I don't uh, know. Now, I know you mentioned it one time, but I, feel I never like an knew, asshole because I, I can't remember the one. So yeah, he does this. He did. It was a, a, a it was a series on uh, History Channel. It was the uh, the auto the auto show with the three guys. God, I'm an asshole. It slips my mind, man. I can't remember remember the name of it. It was there was a European version of it too. But I'll be out there with Adam. Adam's a very funny, nice guy. Uh, we'll be at the Tempe Improv the 25th through the 27th. Going to go have Thanksgiving with my boys, and then. Uh, Ontario Improv. Uh, we're going to be there December 1st through the 4th. 
very excited about being back out there. Uh, I'm going to leave it right there. All right. Uh, I am Dose Music. Uh, oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I skipped over. Oh. Uh, I, I forgot. I skipped over uh, Magoobies. Yes, for Baltimore. Yeah. New Year's Eve, Magoobies in Baltimore. Yeah, I got. we got to remember to keep doing that. because Merlin. A new, that's a New Year's Eve show I forgot about. Yeah. Sorry. I've never done a New Year's Eve show with you. Yeah, we did. I thought we did one. Uh, yeah, we did. We did last year. We did uh, Doral. Uh, we were at the Improv uh, the uh, in Miami. You're right. That was just last year. And I think I had COVID then. Uh, no, Don't know for sure, but I felt, hor- I felt horrible. I think I had COVID, but I thank God I had boosted up. Yeah. Um, all right. I am Dose. Title track uh, is called Bingo Bongo. Uh, album and nothing else. Instagram handle I A M D O S E period underscore. Uh, Spotify I A M D O dollar sign E. Spotify handle I A M D O dollar sign E band camp. Uh, and the song is called Bingo Bongo. I, I've never heard the song. Uh, um, I don't listen to any of it until I listen to the podcast once it's edited and put out. Um, and I don't have, like I said, I don't ever judge the music, but something tells me uh, this song is called Bingo Bongo. This can't be for the streets, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bingo Bongo. All right, y'all. Uh, we out here. Top Gear, Adam Show, Top Gear. This and that. Other side meaning not God's side. Mm. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I work well, for Jesus. What are you saying Jesus after that? Christ, Jesus, baby. Uh, like, <laughs> what is the other part? Uh, Jesus, Lord. It's oh, Lord. it's Lord. Okay, all right. That's Swiss saying that. That's Swiss singing. <laughs> yeah, me and my kids be in the crib. We be like, Jesus. They be like, uh. Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Ari Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. You don't like to do it face to face? No, I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. 
You can get a doggy style, you can get a ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it? 